Welcome to Cinema Bushido. This is episode 28, where we talk about the Takeshi Kitano classic from 1993, Sonatine. Kitano wrote, directed, and stars in this Yakuza thriller that centers on the gangster Murakawa. Instructed by his boss to settle a dispute in Okinawa, he soon finds himself caught in the middle of a gang war. After a bit of standard gang violence, explosions, Murakawa's gangster crew find themselves biding their time at a sunny seaside beach house where fun and foolery take over the days. I'm your host, Matthew Whitaker, and with me as always is my Kitano from another Chicano, Mr. Lee Van Cleef. How's it going, Lee? Hey buddy, every day's a holiday. How are you doing today? I heard that it's a holiday, like every single fucking day. And also with me, as sometimes, is my Takishi from another... Hishi. Mr. Stephen Chow. How's it going, Stephen? I'm fine. That's a very uh, disturbing slur on my uh, antecedents, though. Yeah. No, that was really, really terrible. No, I like the way... I was you... trying to... Hmm? I like the way you just pulled those out. It was very impressive. I know. I do my best. And, you know, at this point, I'm literally three sheets to the wind. So um, I could have done better, but we're just going to go with it. Mm. Good idea. Yeah. Well, tonight, my man... Takeshi Kitano is back at Cinema Bushido, and I, I just love him. I mean, he can do no wrong. He is my fucking hero. And we're talking about the 1993 Sonatine. Um, I think it's like really, it's pretty early in his uh, career. Um, you know, he had done, um, he did, we did Hanabi, and Hanabi is kind of considered like within the same vein, like they could be some sort of like trilogy together. You know, it's all written, directed, starring him, uh, music by uh, Joe Hisaishi, uh, same cinematographer, Katsumi. This is a hard one. Katsumi Yankayima. Anyway, that guy is my freaking hero too. I mean, you look at all the movies he's done and it's all of the best Takeshi Kitano movies. So, uh, this time, I am going to start out with you, Stephen. Mm. What did you think of Sonati? Yeah, I liked it very much. It was an unusual Yakuza movie in the sense that it is violent, but it's also kind of funny as well and even quite sweet, but in a way that's sort of dangerous. So basically, uh, you've got um, Takeshi Kitano, who's been betrayed by his boss, set up by his boss. And he he's in the middle of a turf war and he withdraws to uh, a beach where they're laying low, him and his men. And they all just start having fun and larking around. And it's a, it's a really strange thing that you've got this story of betrayal and revenge, but a large portion of the movie is just grown men larking around on the beach. But it, it reveals what these men are because the way they lark out lark about is by sort of firing guns and you know shooting off fireworks and playing sort of fairly macabre tricks on each other so it's an interesting movie beautiful to look at um very distinctively um kitano's film and as always i i love the music um joe hisaishi or however you pronounce his name i think is one of the best composers of music alive Oh, he's wonderful. And you said it. This was the high times. Um, this very much uh, feels like Hanabi. Um, Kukujiro came out a little bit afterwards. Same entire group of people doing it again. And it is it is fun. Like, it's got awesome um, 
awesome little bouts of violence. But for the most part, it, it just it's a really joyous thing. And it's a, it's a really funny idea. Like, okay, these badass, like what, what do badass Yakuza enforcers do when they're bored? You know, let's say they got stuck at a beach for a week. Like what would happen? So it, it, it's great. You know, there's all of the sumo stuff and, and oh, that hilarious, uh, you know, water shortage. So yeah, there's just so many little, really light, funny, awesome things. It, it's such a joyous thing for me. Lee Van Cleef, uh, why don't you tell me what you thought about Sonity? First of all, I love seeing a younger Katano. Oh, that was so great. Um, I love I love seeing him a little bit more youthful. You know, I'm like, oh yeah, Katishi, my boy. And then uh, it's very true to life that like the the funniest people you know are always like the guys who spend 12 hours in the guard tower. Because how do you how do you remain vigilant with no with nothing to distract you, and you're stuck in a guard tower? You're just incredibly fun and funny to hang out with. With nothing really else to do. So it kind of struck me there that it was true to life. And I, I mean, yeah, the violence is good, but it, it's it's not very prominent, right? And and they get away with it because it's so funny. Uh, I won't get into the scenes in particular until we get into that segment, but it was so funny. I laughed so much throughout this movie. And it was creatively funny, just like in uh, Hanabi. So I, I enjoyed it. I, I wished it was just a little... I wish it was just either a little bit more violent or a little bit more sexual, but either way, it was still a good movie. It wasn't a bad movie. Hmm. Yeah, I would second that. And one of the things I I, I liked about it, uh, the same as Lee, is uh, seeing Kitano as a younger man. And I, I realize here he doesn't have his usual sort of like eye droop that he developed later on. I, I, you, I know you'd know this, Matthew, but presumably he had some sort of an accident. Yeah, he did. He had a He had a motorcycle accident. And he was actually in like the intensive care unit for like two full months and that's when he it's very much like Hanabi that's when he developed uh becoming a, a artist of you know the painting style that mm. he'd sit there and he was very uh broken but that was his outlet well that's interesting but it is nice seeing him youthful and it's nice nice and disturbing seeing him smile because I I in my limited experience of his movies I, I can't remember having ever really seen him smile with honest pleasure and uh, it's a wonderful thing to see, and it actually, in a way, makes him more sinister because you know he's a cold-blooded killer. Um, that was one of the things I really liked about it. So something that ties it all together uh, from the Hanabi and even the movie Brother is uh, he again uses uh, Susumu Terahima as his uh, one of his underlings. So that's the you probably lieutenant. recognized him right away. He's the skinnier guy. Yeah, he plays his lieutenant, but he's he's a really funny guy he's got a, such a joyous face he, he can also be really straight like in this some of his scenes were just great because uh he had the that underling that was trying to impress it right oh you know you're from you're from tokyo or it wasn't actually tokyo but he's like so have you ever yeah, been to this out. restaurant yeah he's have you ever been to this restaurant or do you know this guy and he's just like no the fuck <laughs> you know but it made for some really funny scenes that i just i got tons of joy out of uh, mm. and they were really great out on the out on the beach yeah but they're not i mean it's a funny trick that the movie plays because they're still bad guys i mean and and uh katano's character you know he he is a completely cold-blooded killer um and 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 yet the movie makes us enjoy spending time with them which is it's a neat trick um, but I don't think the movie is making is pretending that these are nice people. They're very sinister people. Yeah, no, for sure. And but you want them to win. There are bad guys mm. because the other bad guys are coming after right. them. So 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was very funny. A lot of the setups, like the fact that they were going in and, you know, they were meant to stop this gang war. Mm. And there's that shitty bus waiting for him. And he's like, well, we've, I've got like, you know, ice cream and drinks if you want. And it's all very <laughs> below you know, what the Yakuza would be used to. They would expect a nice car to pick them up and all very serious, take them to mm. the boss's quarters. But instead, it takes them to the shitty area. And then he finally talks to that boss and he's like, no, I didn't need your help, you know. We're just, you know, <laughs> nothing's going on. Mm. So, yeah. yeah, I'll take you guys to dinner. But that's about it. But, mm. but yeah, yeah, this has the, some of the classic scenes of violence that I love from this whole era of these... Uh, 80s, early 90s Yakuza film. So, you know, stuff like at the bar. They're all sitting there, they're watching, everyone's being entertained, and then suddenly, it's so many guns. The absolute opposite of the Korean cinema, right? Like, just guns out of everywhere, and everybody suddenly got holes in them. Yeah, just something else something fun to behold yeah and it's it's very interesting isn't it the way it's shot it's that very static uh style uh, that katano has and also there's that kind of iconic um katano deadpan violence where you know everyone else is kind of falling apart you know being turned into bloody ribbons and he's just standing there completely completely stone-faced just firing his gun you know, that's oh, that was such a beautiful scene. Mm. That was one of my favorites. But yeah, in this has it's so funny. Like you take these guys that are used to wearing suits and having their tattoos, and now they're on the beach and they have to wear their shitty Hawaiian <laughs> shirts and stuff. It's just it's very funny to me. I I was I, I felt this was like this was another one of those comfort food warm milk movies. I watched this and I don't feel like I stopped smiling the whole time. It was just it's such such joy. Yeah. And- All right, but let's get around. I want to hear your favorite scene. So I'm going to start with, uh, I'll start with Lee this time. But did you want to say something? I'm sorry. I didn't want to interrupt, but I want to get to there because I want to talk more about. Yeah, I was going to say that I, the, the character that you were talking about that has been the, the actor that's been in a number of uh, Kitano's movies that's, that's playing the sort of underling. I just found him very charming that he really wants to join in and be cool, but he's being made fun of for like wearing Hawaiian shirts. And right. Yeah. I just, I thought he was completely charming all the way through the film. Okay, I love it. All right, Lee, give me your first favorite scene. Oh, you already know. It's raining. Katano and that girl who got raped. Um, Almost. Are out on the beach. And uh, he... he uh, they they get a... You know, you can see she's not wearing a bra. And you're like, oh, yeah, she's, she's stacked. You know? Talk about wish fulfillment. I'm like, please, please show them. And then... Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, they, they kind of hint at it. And then boom, and they were so are, cool. uh, They were free. Yeah, exactly. She, I mean, she was. She. It's my understanding is Okinawa is in the southern, southernmost part of Japan, so it was. Uh, you know, she's going to have a little bit more tan skin. She's going to be a little bit different, a little bit off, a little bit of one off there. But she's sexy as shit, and he's just like public indecency is fun. And I'm. Like, oh, and yeah, I think buddy. there's the. I think there's the assumed that things just happen. You know, Katano's not going to put that in, but we're like, yeah. They're going to have happy time and we're moving on. Yeah. It may be quick, but it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. That is one of the things I really like about Katana, though, is he he's not he is happy showing violence and nudity, but he's not gratuitous. A lot of the time, like in his other not so much in this movie, but in his later movies, I mean, Hanabi, which we we talked about in a previous episode, he does this thing where he shows he he's he shows it up to the point of violence and then you hear the violence but you don't necessarily see it he's he's very clever like that he's he's not a gratuitous filmmaker 
Uh, I think he's very, very classy. And I think that is present in this movie in that obviously you know what's going to happen. You know that, you know, they're going to have uh, a jolly old time together down in the jungle. But um, you, you don't actually see it happening. And I think that that speaks to his class as a as a movie maker. And I'm happy not seeing it. Yeah, you said it. And one of the scenes that you just brought up, I think you brought it up in, in, ha- in Hanabi. It was the funny, or maybe Lee did, but it was the car, right? Mm. And the guy that was, yeah, like he's sitting on his hood eating or something like that. And it was just so random. Like you didn't actually see it happen, but suddenly the guy's on the ground with a bloody nose or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> and he's making him clean his car or whatever. Then he kicks him off of it. Yeah, it was very funny. Mm. Yeah. He, but he, his background is comedy, isn't it? And it's very strange to see, to, to think that his movie, uh, excuse me, his, his career began as I think part of a comedy double act on Japanese television. Yeah, and, yeah, and that's where the whole beat comes from. Like, you know, that was his, like, it was more or less his comedy name, but it became the screen name, but mm. yeah. It's a strange path his career has taken, but the comedy is never gone. It's always just a little bit there, isn't it? Oh, I imagine he would be one of the funnest guys to yeah. hang out with. Mm. It's cre- extremely creative in his comedy as mm. you see in this movie and in Hanabi, and also mm. what's what's interesting is that you you kind of you kind of get the feeling that everybody on set have fun making this movie. Yeah, like yeah, if absolutely. you could just tell everyone just had fun. They just they like no one's shoulders are really that tense, even in the most violent action scenes. Mm. They look like they're chilling. You know, it, it looks mm. like a great time. But Kitano really is a great artist, isn't he? I mean, his movies are so distinctive, and I can't think of anything else. You know, the the, the that stylistically they're distinctive they're funny and they're violent in a way that's very very specific to this one guy i think he's an incredible incredible artist we're gonna do uh let's get stuck into kitano and um in particular there's a movie called uh kikuchiro mm. uh that is so much fun to watch it's a, a gangster who has to take a kid on a road trip and all the shit that happens and of course it stars him and it's the uh, it's everybody mm. it's uh Joe Hisaishi and everybody is back. Um, it doesn't f- fit our format perfectly, but you guys are going to love it. It's so good. Awesome. There's, there's the Katano constant, which is that, and maybe he might get dinged for this, but I like it, is that he'll sit the camera there and then have some event happen, and it takes like 45 seconds to a minute, and it's like driving down the road or something. But the camera's still on one angle, so you kind of feel like you're voyeuring into reality. Right. And, and, and so like it happens and it goes for so long. You would think in today's movies, they cut away like you. Here's the gist cut and go to the next scene where he lets it just like go along its its path. And he and, and then at this, and then when you see it happen, you feel like it's real. It takes you away from the world in a sense. And it, it's I call it my I, I made a note in there. It's my Katano constant because in every Katano movie I've seen so far, it's he does that all the time. He just lets things happen. So you get different angles of a view from one perspective. But it just feels so perfect. Yeah, he doesn't move his camera a lot, um, which is a, v- a very distinctive thing. He does. He's he's like the opposite to Akira Kurosawa. There, there was another Japanese director. There's a contemporary of Kurosawa called uh, Yatsujiru Uzu. I may have gotten that wrong, but it's a, a similar kind of thing. The camera stays in one place, and the action plays out on screen. He's a, he's an interesting guy. I would like to uh, hear your favorite scene, Stephen. Yeah, th- it's a difficult one. There are so many cool scenes in this, and and certainly the whole sequence that's set on the beach, which is a large portion of the movie is really funny really sweet and uh as you say makes you take the side of these bad guys they're our bad guys 
Um, but the bit that really made me laugh is where you see them um, playing a kind of homemade sumo game. So they've cut these little sumo characters out of paper and they've put them on mm-hmm. the top of a box and then they're kind of like flicking a little bit of paper to make the sumos move around on the box. And then they mm-hmm. obviously they think, ah, we could do better than this. And they go out on the beach and they draw this circle in the sand and like pack the circle with seaweed so that it's got a proper circumference. And uh, two of the guys, they sort of s- strike these sumo poses and it's speeded up to sort of comic effect. And there's the the lovely uh, Joe Hosatia music playing. And you really don't know what's going on. And uh, And then two of the guys or three of the guys outside the circle start banging the ground. And in this still kind of speeded up motion, these guys start jumping around in frozen postures, just like they're these paper sumos. And it was just, I don't know, it was really funny and uh, really sweet and really eccentric. And, uh, you know, and, and the note that I've written down is that the whole movie, it's a bit like one crazy summer. Um, that's also a, a Yakuza movie. It is, it is like a kind of beach comedy um, that might have been made in the 1980s, but but it's actually a Yakuza movie, which is a, a very interesting mix. That scene totally has my heart. I was just like, I was LOLing. I mean, I was just, yeah, so happy. It's beautiful. So cool. Mm. Well, uh, you know me. I, I've always got the one. So my f- my favorite is the, the dunking, drowning scene. Yeah. So <laughs> they've got a guy, and he's tied up, and they've got a crane, and it's not a very fast crane. But, you know, they have, like, some idea of just dunking him in the water and pulling him back up and, you know, torturing him. Mm. So they're like, they're like, well, a typical gut person can, you know, stay for this long down there. And they dunk him and they bring him back up and eh, he's still alive. So they do it again for really long and he comes up. But, of course, he's dead. And we're watching this from our perspective, like, we're there with them. It just It's a really strange scene. But it ends with, boy, we killed him. Cover it up. You know, it was like it's like so idle for them to just be so nonchalant and happy and the whole thing is that it's so elaborate for just ending up killing this guy mm. uh, it, it, was, it was strange it wasn't definitely wasn't my favorite scene from a, a joyous perspective but it, it was my favorite from a what the fuck kind of that and and probably the bathroom um scene where he beats the shit out of uh you know this boss's lieutenant uh, that, which which just cu- kept coming back to me is hilarious. Yeah, it was Takahashi, isn't it? He yeah. beats his face in. Yeah, like later on he said, uh, it, this is uh, Kitano talking to him. He says, would you be happy if I dropped dead? Or like, wouldn't you be happy? He said, I'd feel safer pissing. <laughs> <laughs> and Kitano gives him the most dead. You said it earlier. It's a, it's a really happy laugh, mm. but it doesn't seem happy at all. There's something like super sinister about it. Do you know what? It's, it's the smile of a shark, isn't it? it yeah. he, he's more sinister when he smiles than when he doesn't. Which, uh, and his whole face changes. He looks like a different person when he smiles. Oh, right. Mm. Yeah, it, it reminds me of those uh, Japanese masks. Mm. The very colorful. Yeah. 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 Cool. The dunking scene is is an interesting one as well, isn't it? Because they, you know, obviously you're setting it up that these guys are, are murderers. They're they're really unpleasant, and you're you're laughing at their sort of hijinks or they're just their forgetfulness that they've they because they've started having a conversation and they forget to reel him back up, and he's dead. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. That's they're that's all like, it is. Oh wait, is he still down there? Okay, go ahead and pull him up. And the, again, the crane is so slow. Yeah. It wasn't like an efficient thing. It was just so poorly thought out and mm. like 
that's what you do. Like, that's the idleness of the Yakuza when they're in the city. Mm. So it very much, like, kind of mirrors the idleness that happens when they're stuck at the beach. Yeah. Like, it's just dumb shit, right? Mm. And you can imagine it, in, a, in a, if this movie was ever made as a, a Hollywood movie, you can imagine them cutting to underwater and having this guy thrashing around. Um, but oh. it, yeah, but as a comic point of view, it's so it's so effective that we've forgotten about him as well. He's almost incidental to the scene and yeah. until they drag him back up again and he's dead. Oh, I have a note here just because we brought it up. Takahashi from this was the doctor in Hanabi. Oh, right. OK. Yeah. That's yeah. It's funny. There's so many crossovers. Uh, mm. um, Ren uh, Osuji is always in everything, too. And uh he was katagiri in this one but he's he's in like almost every katana mm. movie do you know i he's his newest movie is his hundredth movie and i didn't realize that he was that prolific is that beyond outreach yeah no he's got a film out i, I think if can if the can film festival is on at the time of this recording then it's showing in can and it's called okay. something like um the immortal blade it's a, an anime adaptation and apparently it's his hundredth movie as a director isn't that extraordinary that is freaking amazing. Yeah. And it's, had, and, it's got and just more too. of, holy shit, I love this man. Mm. Me too. Yeah, lately in the last, uh, I think it was 2010, uh, a movie called Outrage came out. And then uh, um, more recently, I mean, it was actually not, it was right after that, Beyond Outrage. It's it's really taking all these old movies and modernizing them. So now we've got very old Kitano. Mm. And he's playing pretty much the same guy. But it's different circumstances, and and I can't say I love them. Um, they've gotten really great critical reception, which I think is great for Kitano. But for me, this was the time. Um, you know, this whole right around Sonatine and Hanabi and Kukajiro, and then of course uh, Brother in two thousand. They're like by far my my favorite series of pretty much the same gangster in different situations, but awesome. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Well, uh, Lee, do you have more? Uh, no, it was a fun movie. I liked the bathroom beatdown scene. I liked the nudity, and it was uh, it was it was just another Katano movie. It's the Katano constant. Um, I liked the suicide at the end. I thought that was beautiful because he's not that far away from her, and he's just like, you know what? I'm gonna stop right here and, and blow my own brains out. And I thought that was, I love that part. The ending for me with Katano is. Whether or not you like it, it's it's perfect. Every time he does it, it's... Yeah, he had a decision to make, right? Is he going to keep pretending that he's the... he, Which, he's the tough guy, but he made it very clear to her that he's not. He's scared. And, you know, there was that whole exchange where she's like, well, I like you tough guys. Like, you're not afraid to pull out a gun and just shoot someone. He's like, well, no, I am afraid. That's why I have a gun. Like, if I weren't such a coward... You know, I would, I'd be a better person. So mm. he has that decision to make as he's coming over the hill. Is he going to, is he going to be better? And I think he's, he's already, he's written his ending. So yeah, he's like, no, I'll leave her standing there, and I'm just going to freaking kill myself. Because he fantasizes about killing himself several times during the course of the film as well. Yeah, he's a he's a coward, and he's not a happy person. Mm. And he's he does things like there's the scene with the. Um, Russian roulette mm. and the I, I forget the name of the guy but he was the the underling under his uh his agent but he's like well that fucking sucks he's a total fake he's like watch what you say because like everyone else believes in him but he doesn't believe in himself yeah because he says the reason he shoots first is because he's the most afraid to die 
Yeah, exactly. So that's a really good line. I, I thought maybe yeah. he 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 killed himself because he was at his most afraid because he's he has done this terrible terrible deed uh, in in the life of a yakuza. I mean, by by killing his boss, that probably he's going to be hunted down and killed. So he just thought he'd end it now. But it's a very enigmatic ending. You could read it any number of ways. Yeah, agreed. Um, I'll throw out one other scene I just thought was freaking hilarious. Mm. Um, it's the point where uh, he beats the fuck out of the guy in the back of the car. And he's like, okay, it's your turn. And it was, uh, it's the, I, I wish I had his name. But anyway, the, I keep calling him the underling. The underling is like, oh, no, I don't really want to turn. And then um, he walks up. And he, like, walks up to the guy and he, uh, he fucking lets a grenade off in the back of the car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blow, throws the fuck out of the thing. That was his turn. Mm. And, uh, yeah, Katano's like, well, now we have to fucking walk. Mm. He's like, oh, oh, sorry. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah, that was another funny. another funny moment. And I, I like, I guess a moment that isn't funny. I like the, uh, the, the elevator shootout. I thought that was a very well oh, orchestrated piece of violence. Yeah. Where they've gone, they've gone looking for a Takahashi, who's the underling of the boss, who is basically uh, setting up Katano's character for a fall, and they they go looking for him in the hotel, and they look for someone with the name Takahashi, and obviously it's they they knock on the door and it's the wrong person because he'd never he'd never uh, register under his own name, and then they're in the elevator going down, and the door opens, and he just well, he just walks in, and he doesn't spot that it's Katano's character, and then. They just kind of think about it for a bit and then they pull their guns and start start shooting and uh, pretty much everybody in the elevator gets gets killed apart from Kitano and uh, uh, Takahashi. And then and then it leads to the scene that you're talking about. But it's just a very cold blooded, very violent uh, scene that, that, that sits incongruously in what is a very funny movie. Um, and such beautiful cinematography, because in the elevator, you never feel like too confined it's it feels like you're able to see everything that happens mm. even though it's a very confined space mm. but it's it's very fluid uh, yeah that was really one of my favorite scenes as well and they shoot through the one of the most likable characters in the movie who we haven't mentioned who i think is called and i'm probably going to mispronounce this uh yuichi who is the guy that drives them in the minibus to where they're staying. Yeah. And he's, he's always like dancing with uh, maracas and he's just like the, he's the comic relief. He's a fun guy and he's in the lift as well. And he gets caught in the crossfire and they're literally shooting through him at each other, which is again, a very, a very cold blooded moment in, in a very a lighthearted movie. And it really just snaps into focus what these people really are after we've been enjoying all their hijinks. Oh, and you'll love this. That uh, gentleman's name is uh, Tetsu Watanabe. Right. And he played the scrapyard, like junkyard mm. owner yeah. in Hanabi. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah. yeah. Excellent. He, he's like, he's like whacking his kid. He's like, get the fuck at work, dude. What the hell? Mm. Yeah. I just love that these characters that we, because he was one of my favorite Hanabi characters too. You know, he was like, he was really rooting for our hero to rob the bank and all that stuff. So he was, he was funny. And not to mention, there was that great scene in Hanabi where the guy was like, they had the road rage incident and he gets out of his truck and he pretty much just fucking beats the hell out of the guy and breaks his car. Mm. <laughs> so funny. But, but so uh, you know, he's, Katano's so good at creating these comic interludes. Because talking about Hanabi, you know, there there is that long scene where he's just enjoying being with his wife and they just kind of goof around. 
and and it's it that's almost like a smaller version of what you get in in uh, sonatine where they're on the beach just prolonged yeah. people goofing around and it's it's really funny and it's really sweet and it's not boring at all and it's just very charming and it, and it must be partially improvised or thought up on the fly i mean it's very 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 natural and it feels unscripted they both have the two different movies and they both they both do the same thing where they get outside of the element of the first part of the movie so mm. yeah in hanabi we have the the cops and the city and then suddenly we're on this road trip and we're on the coast and we're mm. doing this other stuff and it's a lot of funny joyous scenes uh, i always love the card part of hanabi where his he's guessing his wife's you know greeting cards yeah, it's mm. very i'm uh, sorry uh playing cards but yeah, uh, this one's the same thing. It's uh, We have everything that's happening with uh, Yakuza, and then suddenly we're at the beach. Mm. And they are two like separate movies within yes. the same movie. Mm. Yeah. I'll another moment that I thought was so charming is there are those two guys, those two low-ranked guys in the gang, and uh, they're bringing water to the guy I've just mentioned, mm. uh, Yuichi, so he can have a bath. But then he says to them, you're, you know, you're going to have to wait for the rain to have a shower. I'm not giving you any of this water. And then it starts, yeah. it starts to rain and they run outside and they get all their shampoo and they strip down to their underpants and they start. And it's like a massive storm. And they're like doing their hair and they're, they're all lathered up. And then it's, it stops raining <laughs> and the sky is clear. And they're like, is that it? I thought that I was know, so and I, it left me. I'm just like, God damn it. I wanted those poor bastards to get rinsed. And <laughs> yeah, like pretty much the scene after I think is the, the, um, sumo beach seat Beautiful so stuff. they're just gonna get dirty again anyway but if i if i may i want to piggyback on that real quick i just want to say that i felt like katano has a good way of making uh even the most inhumane people uh reveal their humanity mm. as characters like mm. like their humanity is a constant it's resilient it perseveres through all things even though they're monsters among us that's a brilliant point I, I think he thinks that there are certain people who are on a path, and that's the only path they could be on. And he thinks that just about everyone else, they're really human deep down, and they just happen to be doing things that maybe other people don't like, whether they do or not. But yeah, he's definitely got a really cool outlook on life and on people. I agree. I agree. And he does have a way of, of taking monsters and making them human and... Uh... And that's a real talent, actually. I don't know. Somehow I got the flash of the poor fisherman from Hanabi getting his ass kicked. And because he was fucking with the wife, remember, he was like, yeah, oh, don't put those dead flowers in the water. They're already dead. And, you know, she had cancer. So but then the fisherman in this one happened to be the cold blooded assassin. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a cool comparison. All right. Well, guys. Top six. This one, uh, this this top six is all about, um, mostly about Kitano. Okay. Oh, here we go. All right. Number one. What off, is he is a badass? <laughs> off to Steven. Mm. Yeah, no, for sure. Exactly. Like, that, yeah, that's kind of why I went there. I'm like, well, you know, I usually try to do something that's relative but different. But I was like, what do I do for Sonatine? I've done a lot of Japanese trivia in the past. But all right. Anyway, let's just start... Where does the name of this film come from? And this is for you, Stephen. Uh, it's from a, a sonata. And there's a point in the recording of a, or, or the, the playing of a sonata where you have to decide whether you want to record jazz or you want to go classical. It's about 
or, or any other style. It's it's a point in a in a recording or a, a composition where you can go in any one of a, a different direction, and and that's where the title comes from. That this man can make any number of decisions. Yeah, you're a hero. You're a that's awesome, hero. dude. That was. Yeah. Whew. yeah. Can I just have all the points for that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Uh, I appreciate that. Great. So yeah, first point off to Stephen. I want to give you two, but um, I don't make the rules. I just I just go on. Um, so this is an interesting one, Lee. Uh, Kitano occupies <laughs> over seven hours of television programming a week in Japan. What kind of programming do you think he has on television? Uh, I'm going to say something more visual, like artistry. Like he's, he, he covers the artistry. Okay, seven hours yeah. Away. So he has a program. One of his programs is called Anyone Can Be Picasso, where he gives little-known artists a chance to show their stuff on television. What? What a cool guy. Yeah, because... He's so visual. The actual answer was going to be like reality kind of shows because he has a shit ton of them, but that's one of them. So I'm going to leave it up to Stephen. Is that enough? Absolutely. That's enough. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Yeah. Charity starts at home. Yeah. (laughs) He has this show called Super Jockey where featured guests receive painful blows by karate experts. They're forced to sample disgusting flavors of ice cream, which makes me think of Good Mythical Morning and Rhett and Link. And... Um, they're attacked and stripped to their undergarments by members of the opposite sex. Mm. Um, in what, in particular, this show hosted by him, um, it has several women all representing a sponsor and they have to be immersed in scalding hot water. And whoever lasts the longest is able to do an advertisement for their, their brand. Really? That, so that's all, crazy. all of the, all of the but, kind of twisted, disturbing, uh, Japanese TV that we see right. in the West, it's all him. Yeah, so, it's him. Right, right, we got that, and then Picasso, and he is well known, anybody listening to this, uh, any of our fans knows about uh, uh, Takeshi's Castle, which made it to the US, um, and it was on for a really long time on like, on like one of those shitty TNT or something like that, but you would watch Kitano as a host of the show, where all these, it was like one of those obstacle course shows. Oh yeah, so, yeah. it was on the man show. Right, a guy would have to run show, up a but... hill while tires yeah. were rolling at him, and weird yeah, shit like that. Like, and then they dubbed it over with American English, and then they made fun of the players. It was on a, it was Men TV or something like that. I can't remember the name. Yeah, Spike. you got it. I don't know what channel. I, yeah, Spike. You might be right, but yeah, it was one of those. I watched a number of them. I just, I was always next to myself. In the same way that like uh, Iron Chef has Mark Descascos, which is he's one of my fucking martial arts heroes, and he's like yeah. the judge of the cooking. Iron, I don't know. Iron Iron Chef is awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's really weird, really weird. Okay, well. You guys are uh, totally tied. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three. Yep. Back to you, sir. Okay. What was the first American film Kitano was an actor in? Huh. Um, hmm. No. Oh, God. I. Have, you know what? I have no clue. I feel like that's something I might have known once, but I, I, I don't know. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, um, what about the last American movie. That's ghost, it's Ghost in the Shell. Yeah, yeah. No, but I'm not giving you that no, one. it's fine. Um, the first American film he was in was Johnny Mnemonic. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I, had, I had come across that information before. Yeah, okay. Cool. Yeah. I think, uh, I think Keanu had a 20 megabyte hard drive in his brain. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah, he could hold he could hold the best part of a porno movie in that. Right, right. Just yeah, those four seconds. 
<laughs> but there's, a, there's, a, there's an interesting uh, comparison there that his first American movie was Johnny Mnemonic and his last American movie so far is Ghost in the Shell. That's, that's, there's all kinds of comparisons you could make there. Agreed. Mm. Agreed. And he hasn't done a lot of other ones, actually. Mm. I in fact, almost nothing. He did his own uh, American movie, which is Brother, mm. which he expected to be a mass success. And it is one of my favorite movies. But um, yeah, we'll talk about that in another episode. Okie dokie. Okay. Uh, Leroy. Oh man, this one, this one should have been saved for Stephen, but you're you're stuck with it. How many Joe Issei she Kitano collaborated movies are there? Twenty five. <laughs> yeah, that's a brave answer. Um, it's seven. And but he said he, he's done a hundred, so I figured ah, yeah, no, I'm and he's got his whole meat quarter of the time, twenty five percent of the time. You know, it's Sonatine, Hanabi, Brother, Kukujiro. Dolls, hmm. A Scene at the Sea, and Kids Return. Um, I had five when I first wrote down the answer, and then I actually did the research, and it jumped up to seven. I've never seen A Scene at the Sea nor Kids Return. They're both written directed by Kitano mm. with uh, with Joe Hisaishi, but it is neither of them star Kitano. Mm. But, uh, which, yeah. but you always yeah. know that it's Joe Hisaishi. The moment, the moment the music comes on, you know it's him. Like oh, I, yeah. When I was watching Sonatine, I, I, I thought, oh, I, I turned to my missus and said, it's uh, old uh, Joe Hisaishi again. And lo and behold, it was. He's just so, like Kitano himself, just such a distinctive artist. You just cannot, cannot miss him. He's, he's... That's why the missing link here is you two both need to see Brother and you need to see Kukujiro and mm. then we're good. Okay, we'll do that. Then I feel like we've done our part and we've done all the Joe uh, beat mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. All right, next one up is for you, Stephen. Okay. Uh, I ran out of questions. So what percentage of the United Kingdom is Japanese? Now, do, how, within what range do I have to get this? How close do I have to be for this to be a win? I will leave it up to, to Lee to give it to you or take it away. 99.9% is my, usually my standard. Okay. So how, how many Japanese people, are, uh, percentage of Japanese people live in, live in uh, the UK? <laughs> Born in Japan, residents of the UK. But I don't. Oh, that's bullshit. Born in Japan. That's going to be hard to get. But is it how, as in the population of Britain as a percentage? Yep. Okay. Yep. Uh, and again, all, I'm not all just the saying. Isles, all I'm the not Isles, just saying. It's all... And I'm not just saying like Japanese like descended. These are people born in Japan who now reside in the UK. Yeah. What's the percentage in the entire UK? It's not going to be high. I wouldn't have thought. I, I'm going to say. One percent. Oh no, I'm looking for a number. Oh, Sorry. uh, okay. Because mm. uh, I don't know the percentage of. That'd be three million, no. by judging by your population, right? One percent would be three million. It's not, you know, it's not going to be as many as that. I would say a hundred thousand. All right. Well, the answer is forty-three thousand. Ah. So, Lee, he's wrong. Yeah, I, I think okay. if I, I think if. I think if I'd come down by 10,000, maybe I could have had that, but no. If you're greater than a factor of two. Yeah. Uh, it's wrong. Yeah, it's wrong. Okay, Lee, where is American Japanese beer brewed? Mostly, 90%. I'm going to say it's going to be in Centennial, Colorado, where they had all those concentration camps for Japanese Americans. The answer is Canada. Fuck you, Stephen Chow, you just won another top six. <laughs> Thank you. Was it not a draw? I thought it was a tie. No, you won it so delightfully. Um, uh, you got the no. first oh, answer. No, 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 you got it. 
You guys have a draw, so we can't let that stand. I have to come up with a tiebreaker. Okay. We don't do draws here. Okay. So I'm sorry I gave you... I mean, again, your answer was so awesome. And, you know, what Lee was just like... What if you guys have the same score at the blackjack table? Isn't that really a draw? Right? Oh, wait, well, we're not doing that. Um, I'm going to throw in an additional question. And the question is... I thought it was going to be about a butty, but I'm not doing that. No, don't <laughs> no, do that that's not funny. I'm so kidding. I'm so kidding. Um, yeah. Um... Okay, so our final tie-breaking question uh, is about sushi. So, in Japan, in Japan, what is the number one fish used for sushi? And I'll start with you, Stephen. So, repeat the question. Sorry, I didn't quite understand. That's okay. The number one fish used for sushi in Japan is what? Um, I'm going to say salmon. Okay. And, and Lee, what do you have? I'm going to say tuna, yellow tuna, or blue tuna. Uh, I'm going to give it to Lee. Uh, the answer is medium fatty tuna. Okay. It doesn't give a color. But that's the answer. Number two is salmon. Number three is red tuna. Ah. So well, because I don't know where that goes, but I feel like... Tuna, uh, tuna go along that rim and... Yeah, and they're pretty. They're a big deal. Whereas salmon, kind of, they don't really migrate. They go from estuaries and whatnot to inland and from their from their spawn point where they were. Where hey, they well, congratulations, asshole! You just stole the top six from the guy who yes. had the answer for Sonatine. Well done, Lee. I'm, I mean, I'm proud of you. America, <laughs> the American education system. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> prevails just, once again. He just ripped him, ripped, ripped him right off. All right, well, guys. Uh, as you know, uh, you can find all of our awesome podcasts at screenmayhem.com and, of course, more Cinema Bushido at cinemabushido.com. All right, well, I'm going to take us out with an advert from one of my favorite podcasts, The Kung Fu Drive-In. Give them a listen, and until next time, be well. Do you ever watch Kung Fu? I love Kung Fu. Join me on the Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast, a weekly show where we discuss, debate, and dissect Kung Fu and martial arts movies past, present, and future. Available now on iTunes and Google Play Music. You can find me on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Kung Fu Drive-In, the Facebook page Kung Fu Drive-In Podcast, or our blog, KungFuDriveIn.com. Just remember, your Kung Fu may be good, but mine is better. <laughs> 